This week on EXM, fall in love with Fallout for a fourth time, fifth time. The first video games ever are inducted into a video game hall of fame. Steam gets a return policy, infinite crisis in crisis. A filmmaker lashes out at viewers. Botox, Hearthstone Arena, Nexus News, and Crofton descend into the world of The Witcher. We discuss physical media box content, a.k.a. the swag in the dialogue tree. We have recommendations in Master Game Theater. All that and more coming up in 30 seconds on EXM. The podcast that needs food badly. You're now listening to the exclamation mark. Welcome to the Exclamation Mark Podcast, the podcast that needs food badly. I am here. My name is Crofton Steers. I'm here with my compadre, Bo Schwartz, and we are here as we are every week to talk video games. I'm going to introduce Bo right now so that I don't have to hear myself speak for the entire hour of the show, although that would be quite delightful, I'm sure, to the lady listeners. So uh, without further ado, (laughs) Bo Schwartz, everybody. Hello, Crofton. Hello, exclamation mark podcast listeners. You know, we're 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 thinking about how we can make the show a little shorter every day we do the show. <laughs> One of them might be to truncate that introduction, even though I love hearing all of your dulcet tones, as you like to put it. Yeah, I I don't think the introduction's the problem. The problem is there's so much video game news every week, and then we talk about it, and and uh, by the time we're done talking about it. You know, uh, let's just say that uh, some people's eyelids are getting heavy. Not mine, though. I'm I'm totally jazzed to talk games any day of the week, as you know. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed talking uh, games. And there is a ton of stuff that we had to cut out for this week's episode, really just to pick the best things for us to discuss. So um, do you have anything you want to talk about before we dig in? Two things. All right. Number one, I would just like to remind the listeners about uh, the Question Mark blog, my new blog on the EXM podcast website. I have now two blogs. Uh, By two blogs, I mean I wrote one and then I wrote another, not like two two different types of blogs. You had two posts on one blog. That is is correct. And – this week there will be a third post oh, wow yeah wow. so i mean the momentum is building i gotta say i hear people talking about it i go to the supermarket it's like have you heard about the question mark blog <laughs> it's really it's really crazy how you how much momentum you must have an up. incredible sense of validation knowing that people are you know engaging with your work i know it's true and but only only most of them are my I, relatives. I will say as someone who's engaged with your work um it, crofton is a good writer so, you know, you will be not led astray by some pablum on a gaming news site that's just full of hot catchphrases and just meaningless information. You'll have context. You'll have lots of adjectives. Great And you'll prose. be able to imagine it being read in my voice, which is awesome. Yeah, it's also awesome. So what's the second okay. piece of news, brother? S- second piece of news is I shelled out Mad Bank 
to buy The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. What's Mad Bank? 70, bo 70 bones? Yeah, which is honestly weird because I have not, because of the world of Steam and because of whatever, I, I have not shelled out full price for a game for a long time. And Batman, Batman is coming out later this later You're going to spend like $140 on games. Potentially, it, although I'm, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this later when we get to what we're playing. Um, I don't know. Maybe Batman won't be a day one purchase for me, or maybe it will be. You'll have to stay tuned to find out more. Uh, but first, let's uh, let's hit the news of the week, Bo, because there's quite a bit to get in get into. That just blew my mind. Every week it does. That poor guy, Wilhelm. <laughs> that sound effect is Wilhelm. It's called the Wilhelm scream. It's true. I've heard it in many a film. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so first piece of news, and it's we don't necessarily rank our news by most prominent to least prominent, but who are we kidding? This is the most prominent. Uh, Bethesda put up a website with like fallout uh fallout type information and a countdown clock it was the official fallout website it had a countdown clock on it countdown clock expired what did we get a reveal trailer for fallout 4 and uh everybody collectively freaked out and started talking about like is this going to be out this year and then immediately a bunch of people started bitching about the graphics because that's what we do. Like, what? This isn't as good as I thought it was going to look. Blah, 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 blah. Are and then people a bunch saying of that? Oh, yeah. That's wow. the big thing. That's the big thing. People are about the graphics. And then there's a whole second group of people who are bitching about the people bitching about the graphics. Um, so there's, there's a lot of bitching going on. And, you know, part of that, I think, is due to the fact that the trailer doesn't actually reveal too much. It pretty much just says... Hey, this is the world of Fallout that you know and look, it's it's still Fallout and there's a dog and post-apocalyptic and struck me as a super long teaser. They have a store page up on Steam right now and it's got the trailer. It's got like three sentences that describe what it is and which is short for a Steam product page in one picture. So yeah. like you I get no sense it has all of the a lot of what was shown is the hallmark style of the Fallout franchise since Bethesda got their hands on it, um, and I guess I guess it was someone else that did uh, New Vegas. But anyways, that you know that aesthetic yeah, is present. Obsidian. They've shown it. It doesn't look different from what I know from the past. It might be technically better graphics or whatever, but I think we're still in a world of 1080p resolution screens for the most part. Well, they've released one 4K. Uh, oh image but like 4k is just, it's just one of those things you have a video card you have a screen you bump up the resolution of 4k i mean i guess it takes certain games that support it so it's going to support it but i mean hmm. it, it's not like it's a you know it's a resolution thing you need to have the gear to display it in that way i thought the graphics like i looked at it and i was like it's funny because i'm i'm in a new sort of spot where like i want hot graphics for console type games because i got a ps4 that I play off and on. But for my PC, 
uh, I kind of want it to, I want certain games to be playable on my PC, which is starting to get old and I'm not sure about chilling out for a new PC. And I look at Fallout 4 and I think, eh, maybe I could play that on my PC. And my preference playing Bethesda big open world games is to play them on my PC, the the console that's going to be um be moddable uh the version that's going to be moddable the version that's going to uh that's going to have the longest shelf life and yeah. i i like playing those games with mouse and keyboard um so uh as opposed to uh controller to, to controller so yeah yeah i don't know I, it's i mean this the deal with gaming news is you know there's a little tidbit of gaming news and everyone jumps on it and goes nuts uh, we have another item like that in the hopper as well um it's just it's just funny that they did this before E3. Like, I, they have their own press conference, so maybe they're going to be showing a lot more. But I mean, it's surprise. I, I would, I don't know why they did it early. Well, I, again, I sort of, I'm not very well initiated in developers' relationships with E3 in terms of why it would be better to show it there than to show it otherwise. But certain gaming studios, when they announce anything at any time of the year. They're in the news cycle, so they're already guaranteed to be on gaming news sites once E3 hits. This allows their company some time in the spotlight otherwise, and I'm not sh- I'm not sure what that nets them. Maybe it nets yeah. them interest in... There's a big Fallout sale right now on Steam for the older games, so maybe there's some revenue that comes in from the increased intention. Yeah. Basically, yep. For sure, uh, and like it would be caught up in the avalanche of E3 news. But uh, sometimes, like when you pack an auditorium full of people, you want to get those cheap pops to use the parlance of wrestling. Uh, and uh, and the, you know, a, a Fallout Four reveal at the Bethesda conference would probably pop people pretty good. I- I'm I'm expecting now. Um, now that we know Fallout 4 is going to be there, I'm suspecting they're going to announce Dishonored 2, uh, and um, that would I would be keen on that. So Dishonored 2, that. or like because it's a teaser, some cool stuff to do with Fallout 4 at the very least. Like, like you, yeah, you but, said, we haven't seen anything we haven't seen in the other games. Really? Yeah, I, I and that's it. You, I haven't played Fallout New Vegas. That's like one of my big gaming uh, omissions. Everybody says that it's amazing. A lot of people say it's better than Fallout Three. I played Fallout Three, uh, and I just don't think that when Fallout Four uh, rolls out, I'll ever get back to New Vegas. So I, I feel like I enjoy Fallout. I'm not a hardcore fan. Uh, I'll be excited to to try this for sure. It's definitely going to be a major time sink. Uh, Bo, have you played any of the other Fallouts? No, I just played Fallout 3 maybe for a couple of hours. I got out of the vault and into the main world, and I think the first town you come across, did a few things, and then bailed on the game. Bo, I'm starting starting to think that you have attention deficit disorder when it comes to games, because aside from Deus Ex, I can't think of one game... That you just don't bail on. Like, well, I mean, I played Skyrim for a long time, which is, this is the weird thing. Now, my brother Jake, whom you know, but our listeners yeah. are just being introduced to now. I have a brother named Jake. He won't, he refuses to play Elder Scrolls, but loves Fallout 3 and played all the DLC in, in New Vegas. Really? It's eh? weird. I'm like the opposite where I'm like, oh, Elder Scrolls, ah, let me eat it all up. And then um, Fallout, it's like Fallout's a good example of a game that I bought on sale in Steam for that rainy day when I'm like, man, I got nothing to do, but I haven't played Fallout. Let's go play it. It's, it's still good enough to play right now and be totally jazzed by it. 
but like that opportunity never comes up because there's just always new games and, and stuff to do. It's crazy. Yeah, so. no, I in Fallout Vegas for me it was that it was the one where I was like, oh, I'll play that in a rainy day. And there's there's this um, there's a girl at my wife's work uh, who is addicted to Fallout New Vegas and has put hundreds and hundreds of hours just into New Vegas. It's like her favorite game ever. And there there are a lot of people like her who are hardcore fans of that game and that series. Um, so yeah, Fallout Four announced this week i'm sure we'll hear more about it and one thing that i do like is that it sounds like it's coming out this year and that's uh i'm getting sick of these games being announced and then have a three-year wait period before they come out so like it sounds like bethesda have done it right here and and i'm excited i'm excited for that i've heard a few predictions that it's going to be this christmas sweet it's well it's far enough along that we're going to see it pretty soon all right moving along the next thing, piece of news we have for you is that the first ever um, games are now inducted into a video ho- uh, game hall of fame. So apparently there's this thing called the Strong Museums Hall of Fame. The Strong Museums Hall of Fame? Anyways, there's a place that are inducting video games. You might have some more context. Did you hear anything about this, Crofton? About this video game exhibit? Maybe on the periphery of uh, of something, I haven't really paid a ton of attention to this. Uh, I did, I did remember noting that one of them was not like the others, uh, which was World of Warcraft. But uh, I'm not sure. I thought was it not the Smithsonian that was doing this? No, I can't remember. I'm, I'm on the Strong site right now. The Strong is a highly interactive collections-based museum devoted to the history and exploration of play. It's one of the largest history museums in the U.S. and one of the leading museums that serve families and children, according to their site. So I'm not quite sure where they are located, but it's somewhere in the U.S. Um, Yeah, it's cool that there's a museum dedicated to play, considering so many of us, you know, play games, whether it's board games or whatever. That's that's actually a really cool idea. So they've inducted some games into a Gamer Hall of Fame, and you started reading off the list. So, you know, Pong, clearly a classic of gaming. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things they did was not whether it was like the best game or the most sellingest game. I think it was the game that had the most cultural influence in its time. Mm-hmm. So Pong, definitely that notion of video games, uh, Pac-Man, and um, and and again, I was listening to to some people talk that Miss Pac-Man was clearly the superior game, but Pac-Man is like the franchise, so Pac-Man was inducted. Um, Super Mario Bros, like hands down, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, Pong. Oh no, I said Pong. Um, Tetris. Tetris. Yeah, Tetris. There, I read something somewhere saying like any every electronic gaming device ever made can play Tetris. Like there's yeah. Tetris for everything. It's literally just bitmaps, <laughs> like rotating around, and that catchy chiptune song. Uh, Doom, which I think it, it was like if this had cultural ripples, it's for like some bad reasons because of the violence in the game. Yeah, that could be. I would have put Wolfenstein 3D in that slot as the first uh, first person shooter, but yeah. whatever. And um, World of Warcraft, which is the one that you said you're like, eh. but I would, yeah, just because of the the age difference between that and the previous games. Uh, it's I understand. Also, currently available. <laughs> like, yeah, well, they're all currently available. Oh, uh, like, yeah, I guess it's more of a service than the other games, is what I mean. 
it it definitely is interesting. Again, like if you were doing it for historical significance, you might put EverQuest or something instead of World of Warcraft. But uh, in this case, you can't argue that World of Warcraft has had more societal impact, right? Sure. Cultural impact. Every, people who don't play World of Warcraft know what it is because it's sort of like the affliction they ascribe to their friends they never see because they're playing video games all the time. It's like, oh, I got a, I got a brother. I never seen him. I was like, oh, does he play World of Warcraft? <laughs> they just it know fun- it as an addicting game. <laughs> it is funny how that works, though. Like, because for a long time when I was growing up, like, parents knew it as playing Nintendo. Oh, he's he's got he's playing Nintendo. It didn't matter if he was Sega or on his computer. He's playing Nintendo. And then at one point, PlayStation managed to surpass Nintendo in the vernacular. Like, parents would be like, oh, he's in the PlayStation. He likes PlayStation. <laughs> and then finally. Xbox, and this was a huge achievement, I thought, for them. In the Xbox 360 uh, life cycle, parents started saying, like, oh, he's the he's into the Xbox. You know, he likes the Xbox. It's the term, the catch-all term that represents video games. And World of Warcraft is definitely the catch-all for MMOs, I think. People yeah. are like, oh, he plays the, the World of Warcraft. Like, no, what? Mom, it's Dark Age of Camelot. Get it right, Jesus. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I hate you. All right. Uh, anyway, it's cool that they're inducted. Yeah, it is cool. All right, Steam lists now lets you return games and DLC. I that's that's the news. I haven't tried it yet. Um, what do you think about this? See, here's my question to you. I'm going to answer your question with a question. Okay. My question is. Will you, you have bought a ton of games, you've talked about them on this very show that you have not played, nor, let's face it, do you have any intention of playing? Would you consider, if you were able to, and I'm not saying that you are, I don't know what the terms of this return deal is at Steam, would you you. consider returning these games? Um, Yes, but unfortunately I do not qualify for the return policy because it's either, I believe, two weeks um, or the first you can't have played it for two hours. So, um, essentially, you know, I want to return freaking Duke Nukem forever, but I bought it like years ago. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure I've played less than two hours of it. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, like I just want to return it, but I think the two week limit would probably prevent it. So. In the future, this may happen when I make an impulse purchase and go, why did I buy this again? And return it. Yeah, uh, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I, because I have a bunch of games I buy on sale on Steam, and it's like the whole rainy day fund. The idea that you mentioned earlier, where you're just like, oh, you know, maybe I'll play this sometime. Uh, but I, I, there's a lot that I know. I look at the list and I know that even in the rainiest of rainy days, I'm not going to play that game. But at the same point, I'm not going to I'm not not going to take it back. I feel like unless I feel screwed for some reason, unless the game doesn't work or unless like I have extreme buyer's remorse, maybe I I start it and it's immediately complete shit. But I know myself, and I generally educate myself on my purchases enough that that won't happen. Yeah. Um, so uh, so anyway, like uh, maybe I'll use it. It's cool that it's there. And I, I feel anywhere you buy something, you should be have some ability to get your money back. Yeah. Return so it. this this to me it seems like well it should have been there a long time ago, but 
you know, glad it's there now after many, many hangovers and regrets over impulse buys that I've made. Right on. So uh, next next thing, this I find kind of interesting. So Infinite Crisis, which is a, a MOBA game that's based on DC Comics and DC Comics characters, is going to be shutting down in August. And uh, when I saw this, it something bothered me in my brain. Like, I don't play a ton of MOBAs. I know a lot of people who do, including you. Uh, but I started, I started thinking, I'm like, Infinite Crisis. I've heard that recently. And it turns out I had, like, read a review of that very game in April. Like, at the beginning of April. And now it's shutting down in August. Didn't it, it got, review well? Didn't it review decently? It, it, IGN, I think, gave it a higher score than it gave Heroes. Oh, you have know, you been like, on that? Oh my God! Speaking of that Heroes thing, yeah, uh, I, I was, there was a Heroes of the Storm stream, and the stream, the Twitch chat was just Hitler had it right, six point five out of ten. IGN, <laughs> like it was, it was endless. Anyways, IGN, go learn how to review games. Sorry, I I don't know about that. <laughs> I read the review, and it seemed pretty well thought out. But uh, Infinite. Infinite Crisis is just like what's what's kind of kind of tough about that is is that it, yeah a bunch of people put money and time and energy into this game but I guess these multiplayer only games and I'm not sure if all MOBAs are like this multiplayer only but uh, you need players to play and if they don't play then you're out of business yeah and so I think that they were chasing the dragon as I saw the article uh, put it in and um, I feel like. It's hard. That space, that MOBA space is so hard to compete in that, you know, I think they put in a good effort, but I meant to give it a try, but just never did. And I think a lot of people had the same feeling. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, anyway, it just, it's, it's uh, frustrating because, um, a company used an intellectual property in the DC comics that has quite a following and it still wasn't able to survive. Uh, so that it's it's sad to see and uh, makes you realize that MOBAs might be reaching their saturation point. Yes. Uh, so it's, uh, what do we got next here, Bo? Uh, so, all right, this is a big one. Um, Hearthstone will get alternate paid heroes. What did I screw it up? <laughs> no, it, it's just I'm laughing because you said it's a big one and then started with Hearthstone, Hearthstone. which which means it's a big one to you. <laughs> Hearthstone will get alternate paid heroes for the current classes, and Blizzard teases a new Hearthstone option. So item one, ba- okay, have you played some Hearthstone? Yeah, yeah, I played a lot of Hearthstone. Have you played the Warrior? Yeah. Have you gotten tired of looking at Garrosh Hellscream as your character? I, I pretty much got tired of all of them. Well, now you can change the JPEG or PNG file of that to Magni Muradin. It's, it'll have six new voice emotes. And maybe a few other interactions. Oh, and, and how when much, you, how when much you, will he when cost? you push the hero power, a little hammer will hammer down on the button. And I don't know what else is a part of it. It'll cost you $10. Oh, <laughs> now, that is, that's brutal. Now, I would gladly pay $10 and have I know you would. for a skin in Heroes of the Storm. But, and this, this is the comparison that people have been making because it's a vanity item, it's pure vanity. That the 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 cost of getting one hero's portrait is ten bucks. There are nine heroes. There are no announced plans for bundles, making it just for a different picture for all of your characters. Because I play all the classes. I don't play one class. Uh, some total like ninety bucks. 
That is ridiculous. Now, I get that it's vanity, and I get that they have to charge something in order for it to have some meaning and value, or else if it's 10 cents, then they might as well just give it away for free, right? It's this idea that it's special that not everyone has it. It has to have a gateway on it. But I would have much preferred something along the lines of collecting like it as a bonus item and not as a paid purchase like that. It feels it feels a little grody. We asked for it. The community asked for it. But uh, 10 bucks, man, for a JPEG. All those indie it, developers, they've got their suckers. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I, I feel that it's just they reach this point with those games where they have the hardcores, the whales like yourself. I'm that, a like, whale. Yeah. The whales yeah, the, bitching. <laughs> the, no, but, but I mean they have the hardcores that spend – all their money and get all the cards. Like yeah. pretty much the only thing they might not have is the gold variant of all the cards. But they buy all the cards. Oh, there's new cards out. Oh, we're gonna buy them all. But but then it's like, what do you get out of those people? Like, what? How can you make possibly make more money? And I think it gets it gets increasingly difficult because if they just keep putting out cards and cards and cards, not only does it make it less accessible for new players. It could it could kind of break the game. So at one point they're like, okay, what are other ways we can make money? And they came up with that whole adventure mode and the wings and all that sort of stuff. And that was like clever. And now this is just like, I mean, nobody's forcing you to buy this. And I understand what you're saying. Like it'd be better as an unlock. I I think in the era of free to play games, unlocks are forgotten art. But uh, but yeah, I, I I see why they 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 do it. It doesn't have a subscription. It's free. They need people to keep spending money. Like if at one point everybody has everything, you know, they're just going to run out of. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm steam. I like the idea. I just think the ten dollar and a lot of people think the ten dollar price tag is a bit steep. And so, um, I mean, that's all there really is to it. I think it just could have been integrated a little better. It's definitely something we wanted. But the thing is, like maybe there'll be more and so like i don't know it's just kind of i get it i get it compared this is what i mean comparatively in world of warcraft you can spend 25 dollars for a mount now there are hundreds of mounts in world of warcraft so spending 25 dollars on this vanity one doesn't mean i don't get to be a part of having a mount but in in the hearthstone it's like here's the default ones and here are the vanity ones there's not any other things for me to feel like i'm part of having options well to call to call back to that ign heroes of the storm review um the uh the blizzard pricing is well known like one of the things that he was faulting them in that that review is that that they they charge more because they have extremely dedicated fans that are willing to pay and world of warcraft has had all sorts of egregious costs like server transfer fees or mounts or whatever and and so like to see this creep into hearthstone or hearthstone to have huge huge cost nobody's forcing you to get them but the blizzard hardcores like you play a lot of hearthstone you'll see them all over the place and as soon as you see them a few times you'll probably reach be, into your ten dollars yeah. for your jpeg and your your voice clip so it's true <laughs> all right it's true. Uh, they have my money already on to something later. So uh, famed video game film personality and uh, – or infamed, shall I say, 
uh, Uwe Boll, and I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I've seen it written so many times, but I, I rarely listen to anything where they would say it out loud. Uh, he went on a, a, a bit of a YouTube rampage based on his failed Kickstarters. I sort of love the idea of him having a failed Kickstarter because there's nothing that's like a bigger sort of uh, sense of rejection that when you're a celebrity and and he is a celebrity for all the wrong reasons and people are collectively rejecting you or rejecting your ideas. I think this guy has been totally deluded uh, about <laughs> how good he is as a filmmaker. And it's pretty hilarious to watch him tell everybody to collectively go F themselves on this video. Um, have you seen him, Bo? Uh, I watched it fresh in my mind like 30 minutes ago. And I got to say, I only know him as a reject filmmaker. Um, you know, by reputation, not necessarily my opinion, but I'm fairly certain I've seen a few of his movies have and you? they're like, I don't know. Have I like, I we know. must okay. have like seen them he's, at some he's, point. He's done alone in the dark no. with Tara Reed. He's done uh blood rain. And this is always the thing I find funny about blood rain is that, uh, Ben Kingsley was in it as the main villain, like Gandhi and of other famous movies, Ben Kingsley. Um, Oscar winner. He was in. He was being directed by this crazy guy I just saw in a YouTube video. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's a bunch of other video game th- movies. Uh, Dungeon Dungeon Siege with Jason Statham. Oh God, I avoided that. He did Dungeon yeah. Siege. Okay, yeah. so that's why I, th- I know. Okay, so we can He's judge horrible. him by the covers of his movies and by other people's recommendations to avoid those movies. But when I, hope I was, he goes away when I was listening to him, because I feel like he's probably being hypocritical, which changes things. But he kind of reminded me of Mike Hodgins a little bit, where it's just like Hollywood—they're all full of shit, and they're oops—they're trying to take your money, and they're you know like, you know what I mean? Like he was just accusing them of being shallow and vain and ripping off investors, and they're just there to have hot girlfriends at cons and drive Ferrari. Like the whole tirade. Had a Hodgins-esque flavor. Maybe his dad more. And now we're we're Maybe. inside. We're inside. We're baseball inside. Talk, but talking about a friend of ours but at this point, it was somehow persuasive. Even though I I thought he was being hypocritical because he makes crap movies. So he's crapping on movies that people make that are better. And like he was like, my movies are perfect, and Hollywood is stupid. And I'm like, you make Hollywood trash. Like. What is going on with your opinions, man? <laughs> totally totally uh, worth watching, and I hope he goes away forever. Uh, next item, and this is near or dear to both of our hearts, is that Planet Side 2 is finally getting a PlayStation 4 uh, release date. And uh, it's, uh, it's this month. Yay, like, holy late, Batman. Jeez, so late. Like... There's so Planet Side is a game that I, we we both love it, especially the first one, and it's like the second one is like watching it get kicked in the nuts all the time. Like there's there's nothing exciting to bring me my interest back to it. Well, this this is the thing, and we coming off the Infinite Crisis discussion where this game that came out a few months ago was already going under. I don't play PlayStation 2 regularly, uh, PlayStation, uh, uh, Planetside 2 regularly right now, but I like the idea that it is there 
for me to play when I choose to play it. And because there's no NPCs, because it's completely player versus player, and if you have not tried Planetide 2, it is free. Give it a shot. It's pretty fun. Um, and uh, the problem you may encounter, which I'm not sure I haven't been on lately, is probably everybody's pretty good uh, because the people playing it are probably hardcores. Um, but, uh, but the thing, the thing about it is that it's losing steam bit by bit. It's losing steam, uh, daybreak games, formerly Sony online entertainment has sort of moved on to the new hotness in, uh, what is it? The H1Z1, which H1. sounds intriguing. It sounds similar to planet side, but zombies. Well, yeah, I guess I, I, you know, I've looked at a bit of the videos and stuff and I'm like, yeah, it's just another one of these half made games that is not anyway <laughs> the half made zombie game genre. It, it doesn't it doesn't yeah honestly that's becoming a genre it's now, a like, genre the half, like they're all unfinished the garbage zombie game can nobody know complete one of those games <laughs> you don't even need good AI they're fucking zombies for Christ's sake but uh, <laughs> but play planet side um i i love and so the fact that a console version is coming on playstation 4 which is the most prominent console right now like it just means that it'll it'll draw new eyeballs to the game maybe bring people to the pc version that i tend to play uh you know i'm just i'm enthused i i see it as good news they're late and it may be a huge flop but i really hope that it it draws some attention because it's a game that's that's worth worth it like yeah, I agree, and um, I should just log in this weekend or something. I really need to play some Planet Side too. Game is good. It's just, I don't know. Like I have, I don't, I don't have anyone to play with in that game. I don't know what it is. I can't find good people to guild with or anything. So, makes a big difference if you have, uh, if you have a good squad or people that you're playing with. Yeah. I soloed quite a bit in that game, and it's just. It's not as fun. You really want you it's want just your rinse, repeat, shoot, and yeah, it loses context. Hello there, Bo here. Uh, just a quick little ad break to let you guys know about another great podcast that uh, is a part of our podcast family called Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Three guys, Bo, Michael, and Crofton, select a topic at random using the random topic generator and debate whether it's good, bad, or bullshit. If you like this, I know you'll like good, bad, or bullshit. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher or visit our site goodbadbull.com for more information. And now, without further ado, I'm going to return you to our regular programming of the Exclamation Mark Podcast. And that closes it up, buddy. All right, so now we're going to move on to this. You're always talking about making kids' minds like vegetables. Talk about them out on the street, smoking pot. This is Games Per Minute. How do you feel about cutting its head off? What's Games Per Minute, Bo? Games Per Minute is where we talk about the games we've played in the last week. So... Why don't you start? Because I'm going to go nuts in a second, so you better get it out of the way before I scorch the earth. Yeah, I've I've got some... big stuff to talk about first of all i tried out galaxy which is not a game but i, I talked last week about how i wasn't going to install it in my system i'm giving right. it a trial run um so how? far it's pretty janky um okay. it feels like it's a web browser in a program rather than mm. in the web browser window that being said um that's what i mean by the jankiness that being said their site is really nice so 
using it is basically close to the same as using the site itself. It's all jazzed up. I'm looking forward to more to come. So, so this is just for the listeners who may not recall uh, last episode. It's sort of a an alternative to Steam. It's another uh, digital portal for downloading and installing um, video games. Although it's more focused on uh, the GOG games, good old games, so older games. So I, I installed it, tried it out. We'll be reporting on it when I have something substantive to say. Cool. Uh, played some Hearthstone this week. Got my fifth 12-win run as a shaman. Was pretty excited. Didn't see it coming. But when I looked back on my deck, then I was like, oh, yeah, this is a really good deck. So yeah, It's funny because like I played enough Hearthstone to recognize that is a sweet run. I only had run. one loss. I almost had zero. I lost game 11. Wait. Sorry. Wait, when you hit twelve wins, it ends. You're done. You get really. You get big. You get bigger prize. There's but, a win. There's a way to win arena. Yeah, I didn't even you know get that. Twelve wins without losing three times. Oh man. Oh, I wish now I know that I'm gonna be like yeah, now. So it's there's... like it's a goal to go for, and you. I got a golden card. I got kind of screwed on the gold. I only got three hundred, and you can get up to like five hundred. But I got okay. two packs as well. Mm-hmm. But the, but that three hundred is two more buy-ins yeah and and oh no it's good for sure it's it's good rewards and you just get that flashy shiny key so um 12 win run go me hooray good job and um i didn't want to fit this into the news i've been playing heroes all week nothing to say there nothing new but there was the launch this week of heroes and there was some new stuff announced so uh in case you missed it uh, the butcher from the original diablo game will be the next hero to come out very (laughs) exciting one of his ultimates is um, he hitches a hero to a hitching post, like a dog, like a dog on a dog leash, and that per- that person can't leave farther than the leash is there, and then you just stay there and beat them up, or you leash them and beat up some other people so that they can't help in the team fight. It's awesome. When you uh, see the butchers from Diablo One, so it's not the like the, the butchers art, in Diablo yeah, Three. The as art well. style. Um, is more reflective, just like Diablo is, is more reflective of the original Diablo games cool. and not so much the new the new one. Um, and there's some new Diablo-themed maps. So one was previewed. There's another one we still haven't seen. Pretty spectacular, super jazzed about it. So lots it's, of heroes, lots of Hearthstone. It's funny because the uh, Diablo, I, I went on to the, um, the Heroes of the Storm site after last episode. I was like, yeah, maybe I should download this. You should. Uh, and uh, I looked at all the heroes to see who I knew and who I didn't because I didn't play World of Warcraft. I pl- uh, and so uh, it was funny looking at the list because it's over 50%, maybe 60 to 70% Warcraft heroes. Like they're yeah. almost all yeah. Warcraft heroes with like some Starcraft and some Diablo and then the Lost Vikings. Uh, so like it was it, it was kind of interesting like that so it's good to see them like rounding it out with with a, a few more characters uh, you know from especially diablo that has a, a lot of a lot of uh, playable characters and some guys like the butcher that are iconic monsters right so that's cool yep, yep we got lots of diablo speaking of blizzard i got back into starcraft 2 briefly this nice. week yeah it's still not quite doing it for me well, how far uh, are you where are you at i don't want to spoil things well, I'm probably about 14 missions in. I've got I've got like this gem where I can play Protoss missions. Like it's a memory right. gem of yeah. this guy. You were visited by Zeratul. Yeah, and 
and I also what what else am I doing? And I also have like you can choose between multiple missions. I'm doing this jailbreak mission now or something, uh, with where I'm sending in the uh, the the black Jamaican dude that's Inspector, pretty much a, uh, a walking racist uh, character. What's his name? Uh, <laughs> all the Gabriel characters. Tosh, maybe. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Like yeah, they're. Uh, oh, I'm he's sending, not in Starcraft yet. He better get in there. I'm sending I'm sending him in alone. Yeah, yeah, he he should be in Heroes of the Storm. Um uh, not, uh, but yeah, it 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 was just like I played a couple of campaign missions. I was sort of like it was I was a little bit into it, but not like it's just one of those games that I really loved StarCraft 1 when I was a kid and maybe my standards for what a good story was or my standards for what like the graphics um of StarCraft 2 are even though it's a mature rated game are much more sort of in line with like the cartoony Warcrafty type graphics than the old dark and kind of gritty graphics that I, I remember. Um, so I, all of that is just kind of like I'm, I'm still going to come back to it. I'm going to play it here or there. Maybe at one point it's going to catch me. But on an impulse purchase, I uh, I was at the store and I, I bought The Witcher 3 for PS4. You just couldn't um, resist that sexy box, could you? I, Okay, there's there's so much that that went through my head when buying this. First of all, I'm not used to spending this much money on a game uh, because I, I, I've been on PC and I've just gotten good deals on stuff and normally I can wait and all this. Uh, so that, that was a big deal. Secondly... Um, there was all these sort of little little voices in my head being like, oh, you should wait until you upgrade your PC and get a real fancy PC because there, there's all these videos going around the internet about The Witcher with super nice graphics and stuff. But like everybody's saying the PS4 version is plenty good and it's pretty much like the, the, the game on high-ish settings. So like, you know, I, I shouldn't have let that bother me. And the other part in my brain is like, Batman's coming out. You just have to wait <laughs> a week and a half and then Batman. Yes. But, but, but despite all that, I just, I, I felt like I hadn't been playing any games and I wanted a triple A meaty content. And oh, the other thing is I had played both The Witcher 1 and 2 and not finished either of them. So I was kind of like, right. yeah. So boom, bought The Witcher. It's awesome. Okay. Now I haven't played that much because I don't have that much time, but I have played enough to know uh, already how it differentiates itself from the first two games. Yes. And it it's it's it already has to the point where I'm like, okay, this is going to be an an, ama- an amazing experience. Um, and uh, there's there's something I I want to talk a little bit about when we move into the dialogue tree later. But I do want to I do want to show something about the about. The, the inside packaging of The Witcher. Because, like, bear in mind, I'm, I'm walking home and I'm feeling, like, buyer's remorse a little bit. I'm like, I've just spent, like, 80 <laughs> bucks Canadian with tax or whatever. Like, I'm like, for a game that I might drop to play Batman in a couple of weeks, I, you know, I don't know. So so then I open it and what what do I find but this note, okay? It says, Dear Gamer on it, I can see. It does. So I'm going to read this note because I had heard nothing about this before. Aren't you spoiling uh, it for other people? If you no, I, I think it's important that people recognize that. All right, we're, re- driving, we're driving Witcher sales by doing this. Let's do it. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. so here, here it says, Dear Gamer, first of all, we would like to thank you for your support. We really appreciate that you have decided to spend your harder money on our game and hope that you will have a fun time playing it. 
Over 200 of us have spent the last three years working on The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, and it is with great pleasure and humility that we present our game to you. At CD Projekt Red, we believe that when you buy our games, you're entitled to continuous free support, updates, patches, and bits of news and amazing content. We owe you that for believing in us and purchasing our game. To thank you, we have prepared something really special, 16 DLCs, that's a 1-6 incidentally, for you to download totally free of charge regardless of the platform or edition of the game you own. We salute you for your support and wish you a fantastic next generation of RPG gaming. CD Projekt Red. Wait, so, so you get 16 DLCs? Yeah, and there's. it turns out that a lot of them are going to be little costume or sword things, you know, armor. like... Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna. It doesn't doesn't matter. I really the DLC thing. I don't even give a shit about it's the that. No, the note was very touching. It's the note. I think that's the first time in any game someone's thanked uh, customers so profusely. Yeah, and, it and must th- be right. Thanks, thanks you for for spend, for buying the game. I I just think like in an age where like they're announcing the next three Assassin's Creeds while they're raping you over the first one, uh, like. I I feel it, it just shows a tremendous amount of class, and this is you know it, it's in affiliation. The distribution's in affiliation with Warner Brothers Games, but CD Projekt Red is pretty much its own uh, its own company publishing house in that. And so I'm I'm happy. Immediately reading that note, I'm like, I said, you know what, eighty bucks, that's all right. I think I'm going to enjoy this game, and I appreciate these that the wow. note. And so it it really it really. Uh, Earn my loyalty a little bit as a consumer and appreciation as a consumer. Way, way to hold yourself to a high standard, CD Projekt Red. I think that's right. pretty. Uh, I think it's pretty classy. Wait until you get to the next part, which I will share. Until we start the dialogue tree. Now that there's one fine dialogue tree. It is a fine dialogue tree, and today the topic of conversation is... The conversation this week uh, that we're going to be discussing in the dialogue tree is about maps, manuals, and in-game packaging. Are they still needed in this digital age that we live in? Um, And so, uh, so before we get into it any further, I'm going to continue my unboxing of the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt um, because I think there's some stuff you need to see that will contextualize this conversation. So first off, it came in one of these slip things, right? Sure. Throw it out. Pretty, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but but I, when I took the slip thing off, it revealed a game manual. And I was like, huh, maybe this is the French version. Why is it outside of the box? Because it was kind of out, it was outside yeah, of the box get, and being held in. It was held in I, by the... Uh, the plastic. By the, by the no, by the um, yeah, the cardboard oh, thing. Yeah. So I was like, why is the game manual on the outside? Uh, and so I thought it was a French one, but no, it's not. It's the game manual. So it's like, huh, that doesn't. Why didn't they just put it inside? Then I open it, get my my note, which we recall from earlier. Yes. Then then I get like two Witcher stickers, which I'm going to put on my <laughs> bike, okay. which is going to look sweet. You're going to put them on your bike? <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. A full soundtrack to The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Was that a in, CD-ROM? Yeah, it's a, C, it's a CD. Boom, color CD, blah, blah, blah. 
uh, track listing on the back here. Boom. CD. Uh, beautiful colored map for the world of The Witcher. Yeah, move it's, it to your left a little bit. Cover your face. We don't need to see your face. Extremely detailed um, little drawings on everything. One of the nicer game maps I have ever seen. Oh, there's even a signature on the back. That's pretty wicked. Um, uh, so, so okay. That's there's the there's the map, and then a compendium for the world of The Witcher Three that goes into sort of detail about whoops the races and stuff in the world and all that. Uh, all all in, that in that little DVD box. It, yeah, like all the all the stuff in here, like tons of information. It's sort of like a second manual. All in the box with the note from CD Projekt Red, and then of course the game. Um, so I, one I disc, just two disc. It's just one disc. It's a Blu-ray or whatever. Okay. Um, but uh, all this to say, I was I was impressed, and my feeling of regret over buying uh, forking down eighty bucks immediately went out the window, uh, and it made me start thinking about other games and manuals. And stuff like that, and how nowadays you open a, a jewel case because they expect you to buy the game digitally, and they're charging you the same price pretty much digitally. You open a jewel case or a, a DVD case, and generally you get a, a CD with like black and white art. They don't even want to spend money on the color ink on the art, and you're lucky if you get a manual. L most often, you get a little piece of paper that says there is a digital manual on this on this disc as if the first thing you're going to do when you load up your new HD game is to go down to open the virtual PDF that they've stored on the disc. Yeah, it um, never happens. No, it, it doesn't. So uh, so it's just it was so refreshing, I guess, to to see this. My question to you, Bo, is because you are pretty much moved now entirely away from physical to digital distribution. Yeah. Do you ever think – do you ever long for the days of like – Fingering a nice manual or pulling out a map with all the world drawn I, on I it. I will that say it? that I had an, I think it was Ultima 6 maybe. Maybe it was Ultima 7 as well. The Ultima games would come with a, a cloth map. Like the Ultima for the, you know, if you don't know Ultima, it's an old arts, old school role playing game made by cloth Lord British. Map. That's some MVP shit yeah. right there. And you know, as, as a younger person, I used to love all the, that stuff. But um, my, you know, tastes have changed. If I've got to have boxes, like, eventually that stuff just turns into detritus hanging out on my bookshelf or around my apartment. Um, and I'm like, oh, I just don't need all of this stuff. So once everything moved digital, I was like, oh, yeah, I can just look it up online. I can just have, I don't miss it, I guess is the short answer to your question. Um, I really appreciate a good map or a good piece of physical uh, swag for lack of a better term, but uh, no. See, no, Nintendo was always good with that. At Nintendo, you'd buy these games and like a Zelda game, you'd open it. Like I have Skyward Sword here on the, it's got like the CD with the soundtrack. It's got like a, a bunch of um, a color manual with all the nice, nice pictures of the game and stuff. Yeah. But, but they, even they have like dropped the ball now. Like you get a Nintendo game nowadays and they, they barely have anything. I remember opening Link's Awakening on the original Game Boy and manuals back then served a dual purpose because they would show you what the characters really looked like because 8-bit graphics only showed you so much. So you'd be uh, like, yeah. oh, this is what the guy really looks like. And you'd be excited. Um, but uh, but now it, it feels like uh, you get that in the game 
And so the manual doesn't necessarily need to give it to you. The other thing is that there's tutorials now that are much more common that ease you into the game mechanics without having to be like, okay, this is how I play the game. So it becomes less necessary uh, from an instructed, instructive point of view. And another thing they used manuals for was copyright infringement back in the day, like on, on PC games in particular. All that legalese would be on the manual? Well, it'd be stuff like... Um, you know, you to unlock the game or to get into the game. Oh, yeah, might, codes. I remember. Uh, they flip might, to page five and go to line seven and input whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or sometimes it was like I played Sierra games where it was kind yeah. of lore based. So it would be like there'd be a puzzle literally in the game that required information that was only available in the manual. So it was not necessarily the best type of game like, design, but it but ensured. It was anti piracy sort of. Unless you had a photocopier. <laughs> it My wasn't mom very good. Them. It wasn't yeah. very good, but, you know. Yeah, so, but I, I find, like, a, a, nothing makes me happier than, than maps in particular. I love maps. It's the promise of this giant virtual game world that you're going to be able to explore. And I remember when Skyrim came out, um, you know, you could pre-order it on Steam. Everybody was doing it or whatever. And I didn't pre-order, I didn't whatever, but I decided to go around town and try and buy it because I figured for sure it was going to come with a map. And I didn't want the the lame digital copy that didn't have a map. So I just, I drove all around town and nobody had the PC version uh, because every, they're like, what, you don't buy it digitally? What, are you an idiot? And then, then uh, finally I found a place that had it and the map was shitty I'm pretty sure, and there was no manual, and it was really like, I was like, why didn't I just buy this digitally? What a waste of goddamn time. Uh, but uh, but then, on the other hand, you have games like The Witcher, and then here I, I have, um, I, I mentioned on the last, last show, Grand Theft Auto Five. Grand Theft Auto Five has a super sweet... Uh, super sweet and very large map. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to open the whole thing. Well, maybe I'll open it a little more. But it's like it's it's. Well, do you giant. ever consult that map? Technically, no, because it exists in it because exists in-game in game maps are so like Skyrim yeah. in particular has like it's not the best because I find it hard to plot a route somewhere. But it's got one of the coolest in-game maps ever. In terms of look, you start in in what is it White Run, and you have nothing marked on your map. There's just this landscape. It's pretty incredible. Um, no, I, I and it GTAs is cool. have a similar scope as well, where you're like, "There's all this city. What's in all of it?" You know. Yeah, no, it's definitely cool. I and I love, I love, um, I love having hard copies of things. Uh, but I recognize that, like in the age of jewel cases and uh, that have nothing but a disc in them, the the argument for being um, a, for just not being digital only doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, but I find that the the manual. It's sad for me to see companies not wanting to spend any money on the manual, or or, or not to have maps made like CD Projekt Red put a lot of time and effort into map. It shows pride in your game, and it, and and that translates well. Uh, and and I, you know, if I had a space in my house where I could, my wife would kill me. But if where I could put up all the maps from all the video games, like I think I think it would be cool. Like these are the virtual worlds that I've all explored. You know, you got your in your basement next to the laundry machine. Yeah, that's probably where they'd be. Where they'd be, Red Dead Redemption up there, and then you know you'd have like some Hyrule map, and then it would go down to like 
you know, the Witcher's map. And I'm that, trying to that. think of some of the coolest swag that I would have gotten, and it, it's hard. I think one of the cooler things ever was the old Sierra hint books, which I think you had to buy you extra. Had, no, you had to buy, you had to buy yeah. those. One of the hint books, but Sierra games came with great manuals. It's just that you probably pirated them if your parents were anything no, like mine. No, we 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 had we had. Like we get them off my uncle. My uncle would buy them, and then he'd be done with them. He'd give he'd give me a lend of it. Well, I, I mean, know that he might uh, have copied it onto my dit, like installed it, and left with the box, um, as you do with uh, you know games in those days. But well, I I know the Quest for Glory games had like maps, and they had um, and they had like uh, the adventures travel, like the uh, School of Adventures. I forget what it was called, but it was some it was some book had a beast area and other things describing the land that you were in or whatever. And I remember really, really liking those. So I have a real dog spot for manuals and hint books. I understand companies where games are getting more expensive and the price of games is being pretty much the same for years, them cutting costs, but it kind of makes me sad. I sort of wish they still existed. All right. Well, um, I'm, I kind of don't need more stuff. You're talking to a guy who had like five bookshelves filled with magic cards who had to had to un- sell them all on eBay just to get his life back because of all the inventory management. And speaking of inventory management. Oh, nice segue. Wow. Inventory management is a challenging and inexact science. All right. This is inventory management where Crofton and I make recommendations. We answer the question, spend your cash or vendor trash? And um, today I we're going to make some new recommendations. I actually have a video game lined up. Uh, Crofton, no, you don't. Well, I have a movie, but I also I have a video it. game. You're recommending two things, are you? Well, I wanted to recommend the movie, but it, you know, it's not, I shamed you? It's called inventory management, not, you know, YouTube video management. So I should have a game. All right. All right. So my recommendation is Skyrim. I know it's an old game, but Bethesda's... It's not that old. Well, it? it's like two or three years now. It's, got, it's been out for a little while. I don't remember the date, but it's been out for longer than you think. Mm-hmm. Um the reason I recommend it is because, you know, Fallout 4 is announced, Bethesda Games Brock, so go check out Skyrim if you haven't. If you need something really fun to play and get lost in, it's very immersive. I spent a lot of time doing a lot of the side quests, but the best thing to do in that game is to just wander. And, you know, I found a random dungeon, and apparently it was part of some quest chain, but if you go there early and not on the quest chain... You'll still get all the hints and clues of where to go and what to do, and you get sort of involved in what the mystery was in that particular dungeon. So um, I highly recommend Skyrim as a great little adventure. In my uh, in my little add-on comment uh, is that there is a, G- a Grand Theft Auto Five in real life video available on YouTube. I'll put the link in the show notes. Ooh. ooh. Something. What's the where's the show notes? Uh, when when the when the episode goes live, they'll be in the show notes. I'm trying to think about what you might YouTube, but just t- you type in GTA in real life, you'll probably find it in YouTube. And um, it's basically a real life video 
of what Grand Theft Auto would be like in in terms of like the the, the video aesthetics. Just watch it. It's super funny. Have you seen it, Crofton? Uh, yes, I've seen it. It was pretty funny, and I also recognize the locations from the game. Ah, and that's part of the that's part of the brilliance of it is that it um it has a really strong sense of place. So uh, go check that out, Crofton. You're up. Oh uh, yes. So my recommendation. So last week was last week. I did Red Dead Redemption. No, that was the week before. That game's amazing. I did Vanquish last week, which is more of a hidden gem. So yeah, uh, this this week goes with the Vanquish tradition of hidden gems. Uh, I am going to recommend Ghostbusters. So, so the is answer that any to, good? I Bo, I'm recommending it. Yeah, I know, but so, I thought that wasn't okay. I'm, I'm just trying to get your who you're gonna call. Now uh, look, I'll I'll explain a little bit before uh, to what give you makes cunt. it good enough for a recommendation. Okay, couple of things. First of all, the gameplay is actually quite good. It's it's like it, it, it's um it gives you that childhood feeling of like controlling a proton pack and like shooting the crap out of things. And there's good there are neat physics and sparks everywhere. It really gives you that that Ghostbusters feeling. I was a huge Ghostbusters fan growing up. I watched the cartoon, but most importantly, I watched the two movies. I love the Ghostbusters and. F- they would always talk nonstop entertainment sites about Ghostbusters 3. Oh, is there going to be Ghostbusters 3? Are they going to get them back it's together? It's true. There was a real uh, hype train going with Ghostbusters. Nonstop. Dan Aykroyd kept being like, oh, we almost have everyone together. We just need that rascally Bill Murray. Uh, but uh, finally, they, they sort of realized that their moment is past. They're doing kind of a reboot of uh, Ghostbusters uh, with a different type of cast, and Paul Figg is going to direct that. And, you know, I'm tentatively excited for that. But part partly I, I wanted a Ghostbusters 3. And I would even argue that the story of the Ghostbusters game is better than Ghostbusters 2 in terms of his story. And it's voice acted by the entire original voice cast – so Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, uh, Harold Ramis, um, Winston Zeddemore, Ernie Hudson, and and wow. company do do all the voices through. And there's way more voice required in a video game, even like a one with a fairly linear campaign like this, than there is in a movie. And so I just for the banter is great. It was written by Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray, uh, Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, I think, before he died. Um, and, uh, it, it's just really like, if you are a Ghostbusters fan, this is the ultimate fan service. And Bo, I see you playing these piece of shit Transformers games (laughs) or, or, or or watching these, these movies or whatever that are horrible because of your love for Transformers. I have a similar love for Ghostbusters, except guess what? Turns out this is pretty good. And it's my recommend. I, I, you know what? I think I have to take you up on that recommend. I wonder if I own it on. Is it on Steam? Is it the PC it, it, see, I thought I had lost this. This is the Xbox version. I thought I had lost it. Yeah. Turns out I lent it to my friend because I recommend it. Um, and uh, I'd forgotten that he had it, and I got it back. But the PC version has even a better graphics, and it's. Uh, uh, yeah, it's available on Steam. If it it wasn't for a while, but I think it's back on Steam. But it's not it's not that expensive, and it's it's uh, definitely we're playing. Oh, it's Ten I don't, bucks on Steam. 
I don't know if you would like. I mean, it's nice that it's digestible. Like it's a short campaign and stuff. I'm not sure what your Ghostbusters level of fandom is because that will affect your enjoyment of it for sure. So mine was high. <laughs> um, I watched it as a kid. Loved it. I have fond memories of the Ghostbusters. I watched part one a few years ago as part of a work thing. I don't know why we thought that. It was like Halloween celebration, and part of it was a showing of Ghostbusters. Man, it did not hold up in my mind. I was like, I disagree. It, it needs to stay disagree. in my memory. I just could not laugh at stuff, even though I'm like. Dis I disagree. I'm sorry. I cannot have this conversation, Bo. <laughs> I cannot have it. And I don't want. I, I recommend. You know what? I recommend this game to all true Ghostbusters fans and not to Bo. Okay. <laughs> oh, so, so I'm no getting excluded Bo. now. See you see you see how there's like this you know no ghost sign here. Imagine bow, Photoshop Bo's face, no bows. Don't don't so, anybody please. Photoshop my face into that, please. Yeah. All right. Who are you um, gonna call? Ghostbusters. Alright, and so those are our recommendations. And um Crofton, we have our first ever mail in the mailbag. I used to be in a it's not. It's not our first ever mail. We got one from your mom one time who wanted us to let Jeff speak more. Remember? Oh, that's right. I'm so insensitive. Sorry, mom. <laughs> we got our second ever mail, but unfortunately, it's from someone we know really well. It's from Michael from the Good Better Bullshit Podcast, the other podcast we do. However, um, he did have something worthy of being read on the show, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Um, Mike says he was listening to our podcast. And Bo mentioned something about Witcher 3 and someone saying, I'm going to rip your head off and shit down your neck. And then went on about, where are you going to hear that? Blah, 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 blah. Now, I may be mistaken. Yeah, you did that. But it seems to me that at the end of the original Duke Nukem, that was an exact line. And when you beat the boss, there is a cutscene where Duke Nukem takes a newspaper and sits down on the monster's corpse, presumably to shit in it down its neck. I thought you guys were old school gamers. Crofton in particular, how did you miss that? Disgruntled EXM listener Mike. <laughs> I think that it's a joke that he's disgruntled. Well, to be fair, I don't listen to most of what Bo says. And also, uh, I have now heard that line in The Witcher 3 when I was playing it. And I thought it when I was playing The Witcher 3. I'm like, I recognize that line. It's from duke nukem and i think that goes to show the level of gaming reverence that the cd project red guys have if it's not apparent i like c i like cd project red just for posterity i've got the original clip right here i'll rip your head off and shit down your oh, i'll rip your head off and shit down your i'll rip that's your the, that's, that's the original clip clip it's the original clip but it doesn't doesn't say all of it oh well well maybe that's why we were confused I've got like, yeah. Anyways, whatever. All right, you're going off the rails here, Bo. Yeah, it just cut out, but I wanted to actually have the original sound clip just for to make it awesome. All right, thanks, Mike, for your email and for listening to the other show that we do. We know how much you don't like video games, so we're super happy that you're listening to the show. Although that was a pretty nerdy email. <laughs> it's true. The nerd cred was strong with that one. All right, um, so I think that pretty much wraps up the show, Crofton. Uh, whose turn is it to give the business? I'll do it this time because right. it is a game that is near and dear to my cold heart. No, wait, 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 wait. We just got to tell people where they can find us. That business. Oh. Yes. So I thought we were... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm off my game now, Bo. All right. So, hey, did you enjoy this show but are somehow not subscribed to it? You got to subscribe. 
And in order to figure that out, you can go to our website, exmpodcast.com. There you can just listen to the show on the site, but you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher in the links provided in the left. If you want to get apprised of new episodes, you can follow us at exmpodcast.com on Twitter. You can visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash exmpodcast. See, there's a bit of a pattern here. Just remember exmpodcast. Do you want to email the show and have your email read on the air? We'd love to hear from you about anything video game related. exmpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're not watching live and you'd like to see, you'd like to participate in the conversation, join our chat room as we broadcast live on twitch.tv slash exmpodcast.com. We record there on Monday nights around 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, Last but not least, actually... Crofton, is there anything else that you want to share, projects that you have that our listeners might be interested in? No, I just check out the question mark. Uh, it normally drops on Wednesdays, but don't hold me to it. And uh, I'll have more thoughts on The Witcher probably next week. I know I didn't touch on too much this week. And they should follow you personally at... Oh, they can follow me at Crofton Steers on Twitter. Or uh, they. I'd also recommend they check out our our sister show maybe Bo you can tell them about that show yeah so we do another show where we take a topic selected at random and talk about it and have very serious debate but also very hilarious um, conversations things about circumcision and tattoos and bad places Um, you can find out more about that show good bad or bullshit at goodbadbull.com if you enjoy hearing us talk about video games, you may get a kick out of hearing us talk about everything and anything under the sun. So now that we're done linking to all the different places you can find the things that we do and follow us on the social media stuff, we are now going to move on to this. It's now time for Master Game Theater. Now time for Master Game Theater. And our, what's what do we got for a, uh, our listeners so today? I'm gonna set up the piece, Crofting, because you're doing the performance. Alright. And the piece that we're doing is from a character named Joel from the game The Last of Us. It's a game that's near and dear to your heart. So Crofton will be performing as Joel in The Last of Us. He's been prepping all week to deliver this amazing performance for you. Sit back, relax, turn your cell phones off. Often whenever you're ready. Are you done? <laughs> it's part of the game of this Master Game Theaters. All right, all right. <laughs> Setting Here we up. Go. All right. Here we go. I've struggled a long time with surviving, but no matter what, you have to find something to fight for. <laughs>
All right.